Okay, keep going. Now I'm on the podcast. So what's a podcast? Hello and welcome back to What You're Talking, a Kim's Convenience podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike. And I'm Ruby. Our guest for today, she's an actor, writer, and narrative expert slash speaker, co-host of The Room Escape Divas, and you can follow her adventures at mandawhitney.com or on Twitter at mandawhitney. Here's Manda. Hello. Hey, welcome back, man pants. We call her man pants, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and it's pans, not pants. Yeah. Not pants. Pants. P-A-N-S. Yeah. Yeah, yes. we'll spell that out in the description to make sure, because that's a common problem in our other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know we talk all the time, but I also know that you're also working on a new podcast project. Can you tell us more about it? I am. I'm trying it out. I've been obsessed enough with murder mysteries and comedies. This has actually been something that has been on my mind for, let's face it, a few years. Um, I wrote a, a 10 minute play about two ghosts who are trying to figure out how to haunt somebody. It was a comedy and <laughs> it's grown into this um, idea because the thing that came out of that anytime it was performed people's questions were always like i want to know what happened to them like how were they killed who killed them and uh because they were murdered and they and so i thought oh what if what if i what if i did expand that Uh, i'll make a play and then it became this is too long for a play and then it's uh and then it now it's a series. It was going to be a web series, and that's too much work because I'm lazy and I don't want to have to think about locations and lighting. Uh, yeah. So I thought, mm-hmm. I, and and scheduling actors to be in the same place at the same time, uh, which in retrospect was a great move uh, for right now. Um, oh yeah, and Definitely. so I, it's going to be called Hauntings uh, or Haunting. And it's about two ghosts who are trying to solve their own murder. And they Aww. use the help of a very nervous ghost hunter who's also just trying to prove herself. So, yeah, I've been <laughs> I've written about five episodes now in Ooh, varying nice. states of draft. Uh, I've had a couple of readings. Luckily, now I have a lot of bored actor friends out there who are like, <laughs> you know, give us something to do. <laughs> so they're willing right. to read my my terrible first drafts for me and give me feedback. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been coming along and I've been getting some good feedback from it. So when it will be done, I have no idea because I have a full time job that's not acting <laughs> or writing. And well, that true. tends to make me money and it tends to get my priority. So uh mm-hmm. yeah i'm and i still have a job in all of this right now so yeah. you know yeah. i should probably keep it uh yeah. But yeah it's been a lot of fun to to do so far and there's a lot of projects on the horizon i think mm-hmm. i think uh we're thinking of designing a take-home escape room game type of thing and me and my friends so yeah mm-hmm. lots of stuff going on i have to yeah. ask uh, am i like your friend who am i like your um most critical friend of of Kim's convenience on this podcast right now? Huh. That's a good question. Critical. I think everybody has like different critiques Mm -hmm. of Kim's. Like they may pick on different things. I I don't know. I mean when I come to when I want to talk about story or I want to pinpoint or be nitpicky about things, I always come to you. Uh because 
you're the one who has probably been exposed to the most sort of things. <laughs> so you can give more Possibly. objective kind of criticism there. Yeah. At the same time, now I'm now I'm get on the receiving end of criticism and it's been great for me to get that again. Uh, <laughs> I can't my biggest hurdle right now is that I I've never written a mystery before and it's it's hard and I knew it was going to be hard, but mm. it's yeah, it's super hard. <laughs> so speaking about criticism um what were your thoughts about seasons three and four of kim's so season three i i i think that was my i give up moment with kim's i'll be honest um i i just like it felt like a bunch of the characters were getting either retconned a bit or just acting out of character mm-hmm. for the sake of having something to do. Right. Uh, it, it felt like the writers were kind of sitting there, w- like just throwing together situations and not really thinking through if it was, if it was one natural for the character to do it or two, if they were going to go through with it, how could they make it natural for the character to do? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I continue, I'm sorry, I continue to hate the character of Janet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm very specific, the character of Janet. The actor is great. She does great with what she's given, and I feel sorry for her that she has to have the worst character in the show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To me, anyway, I I know people like her. I just, you know. Um, But season four was better. I think it was an improvement from season three for mm-hmm. sure. And I, I feel like people were a little bit more on track. It, it felt like Janet grew a little bit by the end of it, or at least mm-hmm. it's the, it's the least angry I've been at her on a per episode <laughs> basis. Uh, <Okay. laughs> yeah. Um, I felt like they did pretty well with it. Uh, yeah, like I think I'm in agreement with you. Um, you were talking earlier, like season one and two is probably still where the, the strongest seasons are. Right. Uh, but season th- season four was an improvement from season three in general. Yeah, talking with a lot of different fans, uh, it's it's sort of a mixed reaction depending on what they like. Some people actually like three and four more, uh, as you just said. Uh, yeah, seasons one and two were my preference. I feel like there's a lot of difference in opinion especially not just due to personal preferences but i think due to when they started watching kim's or Mm. what their background was Mm -hmm. of kim's that's true so people that have enjoyed kim's right from the beginning from the first like fringe play they they have that conception of like drama theater like and like just a a heavier storyline than a comedy or a sitcom on tv so for them i think seasons one and two appealed to them a lot more because there's also the source material that's being used Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but for those that came in later that just enjoyed this as a tv show nothing to do with knowing the play or like having any background understanding and they just see this like fun sitcom on tv Mm -hmm. i think they they prefer the three and four yeah i guess it depends what they focus on i Mm -hmm. felt that the drama was a bit heavier in one two Mm -hmm. and three and four they focused a little more on the comedy and these characters as manda just said uh acting out so anyway uh that's what we're kind of going to talk about today we're going to explore kim's convenience and how it measures up against some of the best sitcoms of all time now, obviously, we're limited to what we've watched, so let, let's kind of go around and like talk about what were some memorable sitcoms to you guys. 
Amanda? I think I think you sent a laundry list of them to me and and they pretty much hit all the all the major ones for me. In okay. recent years it's been community um oh is it like the memorable ones to me in a in a good way. <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say the ones that have stuck with me in my heart and in you know and make me feel good are like community, the good place which isn't I don't know if I'd call it a sitcom, but it kind of, it's the mm-hmm. evolution of where sitcoms yeah. have been going. Right. Uh, 30 Rock. Um, oh, what is it? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Friends still holds a dear place in my heart, but it has not <laughs> aged well in the slightest. <laughs> <No>. uh, yeah. <laughs> it makes me cringe now, but I remember <laughs> being into it at the time. Uh, Scrubs is another one in that same mm-hmm. category. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are the ones that come immediately to mind. Ruby? I think Friends always holds a special place just because I grew up with it and never watched in chronological order. And I think it's one of the only ones because I used to watch it on t- television when, you know, you had to go by schedules of the TV versus when you want to stream things. So I've watched episodes repeatedly, just like Kim's. Okay. Whereas most of the other ones that I've watched now that um, obviously I watch with Mike because we watch the same yeah, TV. Yeah, we watch everything yeah. together. <laughs> um, most of those we haven't watched more than once, or at least for me. Like, I, we've never rewatched Community. We've never rewatched Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, um, yes. or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, or Parks and Recs, or any of those shows. We've watched through it once and that's it. Yeah, that's fair. No, I've watched The Office more than once because right. I rewatched everything with you. Right. I wouldn't mind watching Parks and Rec again. That was it had its good moments. Definitely. I still so, haven't seen that, and I oh, oh really? If you oh, like I think the I Office, saw like, like maybe the first couple of episodes, and then I was worried it was going to be another Office because yeah. I <laughs> the it, Office too, and. <laughs> I can't do too much cringe. There's like a cringe factor where I just, <laughs> I feel too badly for the other characters that I, I can't, like my stomach literally starts hurting. So oh, I, no. I just can't. And so, yeah, because Parks and Rec looked like it was going to be that kind of a show. I was like, no. <laughs> uh, it goes a little bit easier on the cringe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but There's... easier on the cringe than The Office was. The Office had more... Um, they were hitting those notes. Like harder. the stereotypical notes. Yeah. Well, I even I even remember the moment where I had, in my mind, I didn't really realize it then, that I had given up on the show. And it was <laughs> the, the season two Yankee Swap episode. Oh. And it was I... with when you saw Phyllis sitting there crying, and I just... I, I couldn't do it anymore. Oh. I'm like, somebody hug her, please. <laughs> she put so much effort into that oven right. bit. I can't. I can't do it. So. Yeah, I think I never got into the office like on my own. And I didn't like it when the first came out. But then Mike was like, it's a great show. We have to watch it. So then we sat through all of it. <laughs> and yeah, like... It's not that memorable to me. Like, there's certain points that comes out, that right. sticks out, and I remember it. But, like, as the show as a whole, yeah, it, I would not classify it as one of my favorites or one of, like, the ones that I would go back and rewatch. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone's got personal tastes, and I think that's why I wanted to talk about that a little bit beforehand, especially about Friends, stupid Friends. <laughs> um, yeah, because I saw Friends for the first time uh, just a few months ago. We binged through the entire thing. Everybody's like, oh, you haven't I'm seen impressed. Friends? We should watch Friends. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't think that's my kind of thing. I was just trying to figure out which episodes I missed. Yeah. <laughs> Of all the seasons, it's like, what did I not get to watch on TV? Yeah. <laughs> and no, it turns out I watched all of them. <laughs> yeah, I feel Friends should have ended like after five seasons. They, they went on do. way too long. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. But if they only went on for five seasons, they wouldn't have gotten a million dollars per person per episode. Yeah. And, <gasps> and I think this is going to be one of the topics that we talk about later about, uh, you know, the longevity like, of these shows and mm. how they maintain that. Uh, so why don't we just get into it? Uh, let's talk about cold opens. Uh, I think the mark of a great sitcom is a solid cold open. I personally love it when it kind of ties into the main plot. But, you know, mm. uh, a good cold open will probably kind of warm you up into the laughter and everything. So uh, just opening it up, uh, what do you guys, how do you guys think Kim's has sort of measured up in terms of cold opens? Maybe, Ruby, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I like the cold opens of Kim's. A lot of times it doesn't fully come back in the storyline of that episode, but it's, it's always somehow related to the whole story, like all of Kim's, the Kim's world. And most, I'd say 95% of the time it gives me a good laugh and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready for the rest of the episode to come in and amuse me per se. Um, a lot of the other other shows that we've watched i don't think the cold opens are always successful necessarily uh if you're if we're talking about friends i don't have memorable ones but i remember they did give me laughs Uh, the ones that really stick out or i guess we get the biggest reactions from that i can remember from recent years is probably brooklyn 99 they do really well (laughs) cold opens and it's always it's always a pleasure to just have that first like three minutes of the show and laugh your head off before they go into the song. So I think Kim says has been very successful. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to, that was going to be one of my, like my favorite cold opens of all time have to be Brooklyn nine, nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they have to do with the main plot of the show. Some, mm-hmm. most times they don't. Mm-hmm. And they all, they always make me laugh. Like, yeah, just mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. it's it's the one that has made me consistently laugh the most. Kim's, I feel like, does pretty well with their cold opens. I actually, mm-hmm. I don't think that they're always the best. Sometimes I miss the punchline or something, and mm-hmm. and uh, or it leaves on a weird note or like a, <laughs> a weird edit or something. And I'm like, oh, was that it? And like, and then I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that was funny. Like I'll think about it after the fact. But yeah. uh, whereas Brooklyn Nine Nine, I usually like laugh immediately and it's usually a combination of the editing the acting the the quickness of the lines mm-hmm. and yeah um other shows like friends i think i think the only cold open that i can pull up and i've watched <laughs> friends multiple times i don't even know <laughs> why like i think i read a, an article on covid19 where it was like 
people who watch shows that they already know, even though like there's tons of stuff to watch or people who are really anxious and just need something comforting that they, where they know what's going to happen. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's probably mm. what it is then. Cause that's, <laughs> it's like, I put on friends before I go to sleep and I'm like, I don't know. It's just something that I know. Um, <laughs> but the one I remember was like uh, when Joey was jumping on the bed and fell off of it and broke his arm or something. Mm-hmm. And it, but it was it was funny because you just heard it off screen, like you just oh, heard right. the spring was going. Or something, and yeah. the only reason I remember it is because that was the <sighs> excuse they had to make because Matt Le, uh, Matt LeBlanc actually did break his arm, and they needed oh, a narrative something. reason for him yeah. to just, just appear on screen with a broken <laughs> with arm. The cast, so they're like, yeah. Joey jumped off a bed. That was <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> Uh yeah, so yeah, that's that's base and Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock, I feel like did some great cold opens as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I just like Ruby was saying. I like how um, usually when they tie in together. Yeah, I like especially with Kim's that uh, for every cold open, they've always started in the store, so it always mm-hmm. comes yes. back to Kim's convenience. Yeah. And I mean, with season one, they were lucky to get away with using a lot of the material that was in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember the the parked car as well, the cancel out combo, all of those were actually taken from the play. Those yeah. were like key moments or like fun moments from the play. And uh, I mean, we didn't realize until we saw the play, which was after watching the show, mm-hmm. which was good of them to use. And I felt ever since then, it's been hit or miss. But I guess that's like any sitcom, right? You're not yeah. going to hit every single one. No. But yeah. I'm definitely on board with you Unless guys on Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They, yeah. they always <laughs> nail that. I, I also enjoyed like one of the ones I enjoyed with Kim's because Kim's cold opens don't usually have anything to do with like the actual main plot i agree with ruby mm-hmm. sometimes it's more thematic than it mm-hmm. is like tying into the plot but the one are we allowed to explain spoilers here yeah go for it cool so the one with the um the knife ah, uh, the <laughs> which actually ended knife. up being a major plot point actually shocked yep. me because up until then the cold opens really didn't play that hard into the main plot mm-hmm. and this one became a huge point <laughs> like, <laughs> like a literal point yep. and yeah, that that one. I was actually really impressed that they that they made it so vital <laughs> to to the plot. Another example I can think about is the first episode, "Gay Discount," right? Uh, because that pretty much applies throughout oh, yeah. the entire episode. That's mm-hmm. true. And it was one of those things where I mean, this is the first episode of the show, yeah. And you see <laughs> these two guys; they walk in, and you got this old Asian guy, and you don't know what's going to happen, and. You know, he he's kind of dancing around this situation. Every politically correct person is probably sitting there on the edge of their sheet like, oh, no, what's he going to say? But uh, I mean, I, I always felt that Kim's always carefully danced on that line between funny and or, Serious. you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that- when I knew, OK. I'm going to give this show a shot. Yeah, one of the cold opens that didn't work for me, not on a cringe level, but just... I, I thought it was going to go to a cringe level, but it didn't. But just on a the joke kind of fell flat for me level was... Um, or the punchline did, was the, the non-binary character who came in. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And Season four, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be cringy. It wasn't. That's good. Mm. <laughs> but then, <laughs> But then, like, the final punchline came, and it just... That was one of those, oh, is that it? Oh, okay. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point. I yeah, it there as you said, like not all of the the cold opens have been solved and they sometimes have those abrupt cuts and it's like, wait, yeah, that was yeah. it? Kind of like the season four finisher. It was like, oh, yeah. wait, what, what? what happened? What? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm missing a minute here <laughs> or 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, and those poor ketchup chips. But uh, yeah, anyway. You don't even eat ketchup chips. I don't, but it's just like every time there's ketchup chips featured in the show something happens to them or chips are usually the getting abused the, yeah they're thrown on the ground ages. <laughs> side yeah. note i did like that little detail the fact that uh gerald is going to korea and she gives him the ketchup chips to and, say like yeah uh they don't have those there like they don't because they're canadian <laughs> yeah <laughs> That is a distinctly Canadian chip. <laughs> it is. Another fun fact is Paul, who plays Appa, he hates ketchup chips. He's made it known <laughs> on social media. He's like, they're garbage. Yeah, they're I not that great. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. He he just thinks that, and I forgot what else, All Dressed, I think, is also garbage. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, All Dressed is God. Just <laughs> chip form. So. All right, so that's my next goal. Get you and Paul on a podcast to talk <laughs> to about chip chips. flavors <laughs> oh no <laughs> one other quick fun fact about the cold opens um the cold opens also mentioned uh two or i guess to me uh, mm. small little easter eggs one mentions friends uh in a little discussion between oh, mr right. chin and appa they're doing some sort of survey or in like the vogue magazine or yeah something. <laughs> something about which friend character are you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it's like, I don't know, who's that? Who's a Rachel? <laughs> and the next one may be a bit of a reach where I think it's season three where Appa kind of goes, wait for it. I'm like, oh. are they referencing like how I met your mother there? It's like, okay, oh. is he going to finish that? He's like, no, they just cut it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, how I met your mother. I didn't list that one. I have seen it a couple of times, but yeah. <laughs> up until a certain season and then I stopped watching yeah it's yeah it's it felt like it dragged on but i i wanted to know the story and that leads to our <laughs> next point uh the main plots Great job, <laughs> so, ruby yeah <laughs> so let's talk about main plots i mean i get bored when there's a lack of like overarching plot but you can basically count at least one of them to be some sort of like love type relationship sort of things like romantic love type relationships yeah or? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah what do you guys think about kim's and how has it been handling its main plots uh man pants oh ah. um main plots i guess are if we're if we're sticking are we sticking with like the show overall or just yeah. like season four okay so like the show overall yeah i mean one of the main plots and it it derives from the play right is is um john's jung's uh relationship with appa right mm -hmm. and how that's deteriorated and i feel like you know the, the, it was so much of the focus for the first season mm -hmm. and it's been a continued thing and i actually like how they're handling it now i Ooh. felt like season four it kind of just got yeah pushed to the side but <laughs> i don't know why right now it's reminding me a lot of my own family and yeah. just you know there's always going to be people who don't get along yeah. and yeah, that's fair. but it's it's 
I like how it displays it as complicated, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. They still haven't made up. There hasn't been the big hug moment where they're like, I'm sorry. They're both too... In fact, all of the entire Kim family are the proudest, <laughs> most like stubborn people on the planet. Uh, so let's just get that out of the way. But... I actually like that they that they keep it complicated. Yes. You know, they they don't they don't completely avoid each other now, but not everything is not everything's okay and it doesn't take much to edge them back into that bad routine of, of yes. like the bad blood, right? Oh, and for sure. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, no matter how much things have changed, no matter how much somebody has changed, sometimes you're just, you just it's just ingrained into you and you can't help but treat your kid like they're still a teenager right yes. and um and and like i know that like sometimes i feel like that with my parents too and everybody does right but mm-hmm. um it's uh it's complicated right uh, families exactly. are complicated so i actually liked how they handled that mm-hmm. um the love plots like that's <laughs> really that's really like what all of the other plots are yeah. mostly is like who's gonna hook up with who and this is where I feel like the Kim's writers are falling into the older comedy yes, tropes traps. Yeah. that are mm-hmm. just kind of feeling tired now mm-hmm. and it's like they're throwing the, you I, I told Mike when I was watching it um Let's just bring up the elephant in the room. The the Janet Gerald moment in season <laughs> four. Cause like I was I was angry at Shanjung for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because what if it of what it did to Shannon as a character. Um, <laughs> I still am not a huge fan of it. I don't I didn't actually care if they got together or not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh that's nice they're together. Yeah. Uh, but this is where I kind of compare it to Brooklyn Nine Nine because I haven't seen many other comedies do this because uh the in 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 friends for instance it's like ross and rachel are they going to get together and then they get yeah. together and then the writers don't know what to do with that success yeah. so they break them up because and they make ross a jerk and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> in order to do that and then it becomes this like will they won't they thing for the rest of the series <sighs> um whereas <laughs> brooklyn 99 it was kind of a will they won't they thing with Amy and Jake. Um, spoilers, by the way, if you haven't yeah. seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> uh, so um, eventually, when it like when they have their kiss moment and everything, I thought, okay, here we go. Now we're gonna now they're gonna just fight all the time because yeah. they're like mm-hmm. so. And they they have like maybe a, a couple of fights every few episodes, but then they actually move on from it. And that's not yeah. something I'm used to seeing. Is that the characters actually grow and they stay changed. Yeah. Whereas comedy, it it's like, you know, once a character has a life-changing moment, they usually revert back to their former self because that's what made them funny before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. what I liked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine is they find new ways to make the characters funny. Yes. And seeing Amy and Jake work their way through their relationship <laughs> up to yeah. marriage, see them work their way through the marriage, uh, see them also being happy together as well as miserable together sometimes mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. mostly happy together that's that's been really refreshing yeah because yeah. usually in comedy the writers feel a need to make them miserable or like make them lie to each other for ridiculous reasons <laughs> mm-hmm. right yeah i totally agree with jake and amy jake and amy are probably my favorite kind of sitcom couple so far yeah for sure like it, it's a great storyline. The characters build on each other. 
and they become like a unit of a character rather than separate characters that were making them funny. So I definitely enjoy that and how the writers created that. Whereas in Kim's, I feel like the main storyline is family, which which is yes. rooted in the play. Mm-hmm. And that plot has has forever been flowing through regardless if it was a good season or not. Um, Looking they- at you, season three. <laughs> 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 and... And of course, in any comedy, they needed the fluff to kind of bring, you know, to kind of surround that main plot. And that's why all those, all those love, lovey-dovey relationships happen. And we've seen a lot of those um, with almost every character. And I feel like the whole Amy and Jake thing, the one couple that reminds me of that is Kim Chi and Gwen. Yes. So far. Yeah. So far, yes. So far. Well, like, you know. <laughs> well, Kim, yeah, Kim she's probably shown the most growth as, mm-hmm. as yeah. a character. Shockingly, sure. the character who <laughs> traditionally never changes is the one that's changing the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Janet Gerald moment, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say, was like, I told Mike, I'm like, oh God, that's that's the Joey Rachel moment of this series. <laughs> oh, where, like, oh no. And, and actually, when I started to watch Kim's, yeah. I saw Gerald and I was like, oh, is it going to hook up with Janet? And so it took four seasons, but they didn't really build up to it because <laughs> throughout the series, they have a brother sister vibe. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, like they have like a friends type of vibe and suddenly they're kissing and I'm like, oh, no, they threw darts at the board again to see who should hook <laughs> up and like. Uh, or they just they needed something to make super it super dramatic uh, moment. <laughs> they needed yeah, they needed a shock. Okay. Let's make two characters kiss, right? And let's make them the young ones. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Cheating relationships. Uh, also, speaking of which, yeah, I was really not on board with the Pastor Nina. Oh, um, and Jimmy thing? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not not because I don't think she should get together with somebody, but just because I'm like, are, are we ignoring the fact that somebody she was counseling, she was counseling his wife, <laughs> his wife and him. And she, oh, just, oh, the amount of, oh, I'm like, how how's God going to forgive you for that one? I don't know. He forgives Wait, everybody, Jimmy's I married? guess, but it's just... Uh, yeah, there well, are- there's something there. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what he was being counseled for. I thought the marriage. It was, it was marriage counseling. No, I didn't think it was marriage counseling. I think he's single. Uh-oh. He was single? Yeah, because in the episode where they were talking about the Nanaimo bars and stuff, um, he was calling Appa the wife, and then Appa said something like, at least I have a wife or something. Oh, oh yeah, maybe I thought he Ruby's was married. right on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I completely misunderstood then, and... <laughs> I am in my own little sitcom world now where I've like, <laughs> been no, unnecessarily I think it's, it's, angry at somebody for something that counseling. didn't actually happen. <laughs> That's okay. Everyone's angry at Jimmy. Yeah. He's sort of a jerk. He does seem like a very big jerk. I think the counseling was on him being completely jerk insensitive. Counseling. Yeah. Like we he know doesn't some understand. people who could use that. <laughs> He doesn't understand the boundaries and things like that. Yeah. I think that's what oh, okay. she was trying to help him on. Okay. And then, okay, I'm still kind of annoyed, though, that it was like... Yeah. Yeah, no, you, for sure. It's like, professionally, it's like, wow, you just started making out somebody you're counseling. That's... 
It's not good. That's not a good look. <laughs> no, definitely. She not. feels guilty about it, so there is that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but then she's now she's leaning into it and staying with him, I guess. Well, that's the one thing in season four. They were going for shock value, and they did yeah. that three times. There that were was big the first. Shock values. Yeah. The second time was uh, Gerald and Janet, and the third. Well, I guess then Appa and Amma. So that's yeah. either second or third. Yeah, so. they they kind of tied there. Ah, uh, so much stuff going on in season four. Mm-hmm. There was a and, lot of stuff going on in season four. Poor John got like kind of thrown to the side. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing about, and that's the whole thing about the main plots. Like Shannon and Jung, just like you guys, I haven't been invested in it. Yeah. It's like, I'm always, I'm so annoyed. Rachel and Raw, Jim and Pam, Niles and Daphne, all those people. I don't care. You're boring. <laughs> Move on. I mean, all of that kind of stuff is boring to me. And especially when I'm watching k-dramas i get more frustrated watching that stuff <laughs> it's like amplified times 10 because it's like i guess korean oh, yeah. emotions get k-dramas. into it oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> well at least with k-dramas you like if they have the right chemistry at the beginning you're like you you know what's gonna happen you're just like okay yeah. and you How know what's gonna happen they're yeah. so formulaic but like that it's like all right when you're gonna oh here's the holding hands episode oh here's the she fell on him and then their lips just met kind of episode <laughs> and then there's oh here's the real kiss episode where like yeah. she's starting to walk away that he grabs her then she spins back shocked in slow motion and then the episode <laughs> ends with like you know with the first kiss and you're like yeah and then after that episode is the episode where they're just happy for an hour and then I'm annoyed because yep. I'm like I don't want to watch other people be happy I don't watch TV um, only Jake and Amy Jake and Amy can be happy yeah <laughs> it's funny that you talk about like the I guess the the system and the formula that they used recently Mike put on this drama for me and because he wanted to do notes for Kim so he wanted to occupy, occupy my time <laughs> um, yeah. the first episode was of the main character's having sex oh i've watched a couple like that now where i'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> i was like what what, <laughs> what? the formula what? has been changed <laughs> like, they're, they're doing more than holding hands my I god was like, what yeah i was i was shocked <laughs> but yeah it's, that was funny so conservative usually with that stuff <laughs> right <laughs> oh. Uh, oh speaking of speaking of uh tropes i guess in Hmm. main plots this just ties to main plots so one of the things that kind of annoyed me with kim's and i couldn't put my finger on it and then i realized kind of what it was uh was it there's a trope in comedy called and in in general called the liar reveal plot um Hmm. in which somebody lies about something fundamental about themselves or even just something small and it balloons and they have to keep it from somebody else in order to see more impressive to them mm-hmm. or to to like hide something about themselves and then it gets out of control things go crazy and then they eventually have to tell that character the truth oh. and then there's drama because of it so the classic example is Aladdin if you watch the movie Aladdin yeah. that's one big liar <laughs> reveal plot um, <laughs> which he he lies about himself and usually the lie is, beca- is some deep rooted insecurity uh, that doesn't actually matter in the end mm-hmm. um and then i realized i think every single plot in in the kim's episodes a b and c the characters are doing the same thing they're huh. just they're lying about <laughs> something 
that they're insecure about and then it gets out of control and then they have to tell the truth and then there's a moment of forgiveness and then they do the exact same thing the next episode. Uh, That's hmm. basically Janet's whole yeah. entire... I was just about to say, yeah, that's pretty it's much Janet's every Janet character. plot yeah. is a liar reveal plot, <laughs> and, and Jung's the, in season four, almost every one of his was a liar reveal type of thing. Oh. Same with Shannon, uh, who just, you know, so it it I realized I'm like because it was every single one of them because I mean. You know, you use it because it works. It's a comedy. It's the mm-hmm. thing used in used in a lot of comedies, and it mm-hmm. is overdone. But they usually switch it up with other things. It's mm-hmm. usually not the A, B, and C plots, mm-hmm. and <laughs> all all in the same episode. And I feel like they leaned a little bit too heavily on that. Um, and so it was kind of refreshing to see Janet grow at least at the end of the series, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit and have something else to do <laughs> other than lie about something stupid get into trouble, have to tell the truth, and then learn nothing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do it all over again. (laughs) Poor Janet. Maybe some writer will realize she has potential other than being just the annoying 20-year-old. The annoying 20-year-old, yeah. (sighs) Okay, I did relate a little bit more to Janet this season. Like, there were some things she said where I was like, good point, Janet. Ah! Ah!" So on that note about characters and character development, why don't we move on to that? I mean, we watch all these characters for hours, sometimes watching the same thing again and over again can be a bit boring. But at the same time, we kind of want it to stay the same because that's why we we've started watching the show anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, on that note, I'm lucky that I'm not a writer having to define that sort of balance of trying to be i still need to be funny but i need to make things change but it's got to be funny right but i don't know how to deal with that so um how do you guys feel about characters and character development i know we've been talking about kimchi we're talking about janet uh maybe ruby do you want to start on this one if we're comparing kim's to the other comedies that we've been watching like even brooklyn 99 because that's pretty much the same timeline it's being filmed in like now in today's time yeah. and not like you know in the 90s like friends was <laughs> so i feel like a lot of the other sitcoms the characters are more based in comedy mm-hmm. like their background it seems kind of irrelevant like come on would there really be a guy like jake on the police force right i, I right. really can't see that happening i'm really sorry <laughs> like it's not real at all can we see, like, Appa being a real Kim's Convenience Store owner? I th- honestly think so, right? So, yeah. to me, I relate to the characters more, and I think that's what draws a lot of people, a lot of the audience, to Kim's Convenience. It's because the characters are not only relatable, they're real. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel authentic. And I get that we've talked about Kimchi and Janet already, and that's probably because they've had the biggest growth in the four seasons of all characters put together and you can see the growth and development in them and how they've matured over time um i would say gerald actually has some maturity like yeah even though he's still afraid to break up with chelsea you know getting himself stuck in that relationship at least he he demonstrated that he wanted something now um and he's he's trying to or his character is trying to grow from being this introverted shy 
I don't know how to express myself kind of guy to I'm going to try and maybe just jump over the boundaries. It's funny that it was kind of just a switch. It was kind of off. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly (laughs) what I need to do. (laughs) Right. So I think in that sense, that's why I like the characters in Kim's more than most of our other favorite sitcoms because Mm -hmm. they are real. Like they're real people. They're not just characters that we're watching on TV. Okay, yeah. man pants. I would agree with that. I I think when I think about great characterization and stuff, and I think you hit it on the head, Ruby, where like a lot of characters in comedies are over the top in many ways, especially mm-hmm. in modern comedies. Like mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of the comedies from uh, like eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties, early nineties, um, they're all about families as well. Mm-hmm. Like and. Uh, but, you know, with the 80s, it's like you might run the risk of it being <laughs> such a super sweet, uh, you know, family that never, that always has the most ridiculous ways of fighting. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, they don't seem that realistic, whereas yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Kim seems more like it. When I think about a show like Modern Family, which is supposed to be relatable, right. uh, I find them the most ordinary, non-relatable family ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're extremely wealthy and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> they so live very I like, close together. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, no. Um, when I think about characters that I really like, I still really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Or char- when I think about shows, again, this applies both to Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place, who have the same creator. Mm-hmm. It's that when the characters do change, when they have their moments, they still don't let go of who they are at their core. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jake's always going to be a goofball. He's way more <laughs> mature than he was before. But he's always going to love his diehard and love his, like, you know, whatever. Eleanor Shellstrop in mm, The Good Place, yeah. uh, who... Does a lot of growing, like literally has to in order to, you know, I don't want to ruin the good place yeah. for people. So like um, <laughs> to stay in the good place, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she has to try and learn and seeing her go on that journey, but still remain herself somehow, yep. mm-hmm. like yeah. still keep her her same her personality her, yep. mm-hmm. uh, without without being a jerk about it. It's it's been, <laughs> it's very that's very impressive. It's like very difficult to do in writing. And I feel like Kim's when they do it right, they really do it right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you said, like Gerald is still Gerald, but he's a bit more mature. Kimji is definitely still Kimji. He's still like, says ridiculous things, has ridiculous contests. I loved, I loved his, his hot food contest with Terrence. (laughs) And can I just say like, side note, Terrence was like my MVP this year, the secret (laughs) MVP of the season who just really got a lot of great lines in and, and just, you know, really delivered. Mm -hmm. Uh, But kimchi, has matured a lot. He's in a Mm -hmm. committed relationship. When the question of Jung moving out comes, I thought, I actually thought I knew where that plot was going uh, (laughs) because I was like, here we go. Kim, she's going to get offended and upset that his friend is leaving and he's going to be all babyish about it. And and then they're going to have a moment at the end where they have to talk about it. And he did kind of have that sad moment. Mm -hmm. But 
then he was like, then he, he, he just said like, I just need this. I just need this moment. And, and then was like, okay, well, that's great. You're moving out. You know, I've been going out with this woman for like over six months. Maybe she can move in with me. And I really feel that way about her. And it's like, this would not have happened with season one kimchi. Yeah. Season oh, no, one kimchi not. would have been upset that his bro was like obsessed with a girl and mm-hmm. like, you know, wanted to play video games all the time with him. And I'm like, no, mm. he's grown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like really relieved that the plot <laughs> didn't go that way. Yeah, he probably would have went into the cupboard and took that one egg and threw it at Jung. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the especially the change in kimchi in terms of his relationships i mean using terrence as a focal point season one kimchi would have probably yelled at terrence if they kept kept him throughout the four seasons the same he would have yelled at terrence more especially Mm -hmm. being the the ass man but instead in season three the one of the first things he does is he makes him a back manager choosing him over jung which is right i don't know i feel like he chose him over jung not because of the seniority. I think it was a personal insecurity. He didn't want Jung to climb back up so quickly. No. And he was worried about it. Or that's how I felt. <laughs> well, I guess if it, we're focusing on that one episode, sure. But if you mm-hmm. like look through uh, like seasons three and four, you can see that his attitudes towards Terrence are a lot more mature. He's treating him more like an equal. Like even when right. they're sitting in meetings and stuff, like Terrence is about to leave. And he's like, not now, teabag. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm, I completely agree that his attitude and his um, personal feelings towards Terrence has grown. But I felt like that whole promotion situation of choosing Terrence over Jung, it was mainly because he was intimidated by <laughs> Jung and he didn't want Jung to climb back well, up and get into yeah. like an assistant manager kind of position as the same level as him. That's true. Yeah, there is that tiny shred of insecurity in Kimchi, I feel like, mm-hmm. because I think he's been compared to Jung his whole life, right? Right. And, and guess, like the soccer episode yeah. where like he just <laughs> wants a chance with that ball. Like, yeah, geez, seriously. <laughs> and, and he can't. Uh, I, I felt like that was like, that's probably been his whole life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's understandable if he kind of subconsciously wants to, you know, have have a moment where he's the important one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or he's slightly <clears throat> superior. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I like, as Manda said, that kimchi is still kimchi, even though he's still matured. I mm-hmm. found that a lot of the one-liners I'd expect from kimchi to come out, um, that they kind of push that off to two other characters in the show to Stacy, who's like a new employee at Handy and to Terrence, which yeah. is mm-hmm. kind of funny that I found that in some other shows, they did that too. When, um, for example, in the office, I don't know if you got that far, man pans when, <laughs> uh, so there was a whole relationship between Jim and Dwight, you know, they're kind of feuding, they're oh, doing yeah. pranks on each other, but as oh, Jim, yeah, yeah. it gets, uh, upgraded to assistant manager um, and basically the whole cast kind of, I guess they get older mm-hmm. further along the story. They introduce the new Jim and Dwight. <laughs> and then they're sort of continuing on from their old rivalry. Um, <laughs> which I kind of found cool in Kim's. I don't know if it happens in every comedy, but... Mm. Yeah, anywho. Uh, another character that I wanted to talk about, though, was Umma. Um, I felt... Umma. Yeah, I felt Umma, she had... A lot of her growth kind of peaked at the time that the Appa and Jung <laughs> plot peaked. Yeah. Like yes, at the end of season, season two, yeah. 
there's that kind of reunion, even though it's not perfect, and everybody's kind of dancing on pins and needles. At that point, um, you know, Sad Oma kind of went away, and then in came in sort of crazy Ajuma Oma, (laughs) where they've been kind of ramping up her comedy, which I don't know was a choice of the writers. Or I don't know who. Mm. I I did not like the the knife thing actually. <laughs> that was, that was one of those liar reveal plots where I was just sort of like, oh, what are you doing? Like it made my stomach hurt again. I'm like, why are you lying to cops? Are <laughs> <laughs> sat like you could have just said you found it in the dumpster. I don't understand why this is. <laughs> why does she have to lie? Yeah, I didn't get why it either. Why do you have to lie about that? Yeah, I've, I've talked about these kind of things with a few fans because I've been kind of very mixed about Amma and I'm like, and I, I some of these other fans are Koreans who I'm like, does that kind of represent your mom? Because it doesn't really represent my mom anymore. <laughs> this is like getting into yeah. really crazy Ajima territory. And they're like, yeah, sometimes it does. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess if it's still relatable to you, that's cool. But I guess some people's moms can she's, be very crazy. She's really, uh, I felt that the season four especially, she was really jealous and petty with Janet. Yes. 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 Yeah. Especially the witch episode. I was just like, I I don't know if like season one or two Emma would really dig that far into that. She'd be too wrapped up in the whole Jung and Appa thing to really care yeah. too much about that. Well, no, I can I think see she her being be threatened offended. with the. Yeah. What does she make? The Korean pancakes? I can't remember. What oh, called. yes. The Binde duck, yeah. 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 Uh, I could sort of see that happening where she like gets a little bit threatened. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that's something my mom would do if we made something better than her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope she never <laughs> listens to this. I love my mom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, like, it's like, it's the, it's the thing that she can do. Right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, like you want to feel like important still and stuff and relevant. Mm-hmm. So it's, I can see that. I felt like we saw that in another sitcom very recently. Well, it's, it's possible. There are a lot of jokes that, uh, that do carry on, which is kind of the next section. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of themed episodes and run-on gags. I, I find <laughs> good sitcoms will kind of give you something to chew on, something familiar, something fun, and something that sort of rewards the viewer f- for, you know, being a long-time viewer, especially. Uh, <laughs> you well, get just, the inside yeah, jokes. <laughs> it's just something to look forward to. Um, like, uh, yeah, for example, like in Friends, they had the Thanksgiving episodes to... You know, that character Janice come in and going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, some of my favorite things were the Halloween heist and the Pontiac Bandit, Doug Judy coming in like every season. <laughs> oh, my season. God. Those yeah. are like plots that come back. But like as far as like catchphrases, they have like Nine-Nine. Noise, toit. Tweet. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. You know, and... and uh... So these things aren't really in Kim's, but maybe, I don't know, uh, Man Pans, if you can kind of... Uh, what do you think about how Kim's is sort of handling these sort of things? You know, I think... I think Kim's being like a, fa- like a show about a family and stuff, I think it holds up on its own really well, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't... Mm-hmm necessarily need a mm-hmm. uh, catchphrase i know they have like well you, you say that but there's like come on you have like a turkey turkey taco yeah. t-shirt right or is it taco taco turkey nope. turkey, turkey turkey taco. taco you got it turkey turkey taco <laughs> and uh and then like there's the okcu mm-hmm. um there's the 
sneak attack. Like there's Shannon, yeah. Yeah. the things that come at like the all ama- amazing. Yeah. Thing. Oh right, her amazing. random like names and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, there's not really any like catchphrases. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, we haven't like, and catchphrases are a very tricky thing. I feel like. Because at first, you know, it is a comforting thing. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But if you use it too much, then it just becomes like a, almost a parody of itself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like I think of so Shudder, Big Bang Theory. I know we haven't <laughs> on here. Uh, <laughs> I haven't watched most of that. <laughs> yeah, the the show that was quote unquote made for nerds, yeah. even though nerds didn't write it. And <laughs> everybody but nerds likes it. Um, yeah. It's like, come on. It's clearly show laughing at them, not with them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as I can say, yeah, like the bazinga line yeah. that, oh. that comes in, right? And then it just got overused at some point, And then, or Joey's like, how you doing? How you no. doing? Yeah. But that's kind of his pickup line. <laughs> that's his pickup line. And it, I think it came full circle when like he he tried it on somebody and it didn't work. Yeah, he was I was so confused that someone would not be attracted to him. Yep. That was funny. I think the run-on jokes that exist in Kim's are more subtle. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily use the same lines, but yeah. they might use the same characters. And I know we've talked about him a lot for Gavin. Oh, the our cereal, cereal guy. guy. We still call him the cereal guy, but he's not always looking for cereal, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's what he's listed in the credits. He's called cereal something guy. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he has his, like, random pop-in moments He's there to break the ice or break the tension, but he's always that sudden, like, what the hell? Why are you here? When did you come in the store? <laughs> kind of, like, awkward moments. Yeah. And I yeah. love that about him. And he's he does it so perfectly. Um, and I think yes. the other one would be Rodrigo, who's who plays Enrique. the... Who plays Enrique, the yeah. the fan of Appa, I would call him, because he just loves Appa and wants to be friends with him no matter how yeah, badly he's Yeah, he somehow keeps coming to that store even though Appa treats him like crap. Right? <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. And he, he He's in love it. with Appa. Yeah. yeah. He's in love with Appa. So, so they it's not catchphrases. It's not repeated jokes. It's not repeated mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. they use, but it's characters it's- that come back that maintains that relationship or maintains that that sort of yeah i don't even know what to like call it yeah I, I feel like yeah. it's brooklyn 99 in that way mm-hmm. like where you get characters who come back and they are the walking slogan almost right yeah. right exactly <laughs> the walking catchphrase yeah. where uh you yeah they have the they have their their mo's and they uh and they stick to them mm-hmm yeah, I agree with both of you on both those points. I think Kim's is more subtle in their things, mm-hmm. like you're yes. saying with the characters. Uh, one other fun little thing that I found rewatching seasons uh, two, three, and four was uh, the use of $200. Now, if you pay attention, $200 is used oh, when right. Appa kind of, um, he makes that fake uh what do you call it? Price matching kind of thing for, for the, the dishwasher. dishwasher. Yeah. Uh, so he would get it two hundred dollars cheaper. They the barbecue that they sell uh, kimchi and Shannon. <laughs> they, they sell the Terrence. They sell it for two hundred dollars. And Appa, when he's trying to give back that purse, ends up uh, buying the buying hat. something. Sorry, no, he's returning the dress. He ends oh, up right. buying the purse for two hundred dollars. Right. Oh, purse and hats. That was probably that was probably my favorite kimchi moment. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know because he because kimchi said the the thing cost two hundred bucks, and then as the episode goes, the, 
price just keeps creeping up. <laughs> yep. It's like, no, nah, it wasn't. Or no, it was four hundred. He's like, it wasn't four hundred. It was six hundred. He's like, oh, it was actually nine fifty. <laughs> oh, the necklace one, yeah. <laughs> the necklace. That was, that was great. so funny. I love that. I guess yeah. he was embarrassed to tell him how much he spent. I don't know. Hmm. Or was it he was just trying to get more money out of him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kimchi. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, as Manda was saying, um, it doesn't really need those kind of themed episodes. I mean, yeah. the thing about this series is it's not running 20-some episodes in a season. It's only running the short 13, which, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I'd like to see a longer season, I think that, you know, this is a good a amount to place. cover yeah. enough stuff. And I um, think it also speaks to the genuinity of of the story itself if you had these repeated things it wouldn't seem real like if you think about your own families even if you do do thanksgiving at your parents house every year or you do i don't know like some sort of halloween tradition some at somebody's house every year it's never really going to be that similar or that much the same right mm-hmm. like it's not going to right. be this person's exactly going to do this this person's exactly going to do that but how are we twisting this around a little bit more mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. So yeah. it speaks to that authenticity of of the realness of the characters in the writing. And, but just to yeah. play the other way, I wouldn't mind still seeing a Halloween episode. I still oh, wouldn't no, mind sure. seeing a Chuseok episode, which is like the Korean Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. So those would be kind of nice to see, but uh, we leave it up to you, writers. <laughs> We're not here for writing. <laughs> okay. Next thing uh, I think is a staple of all sitcoms are cliffhangers. Oh, are boy. they important or are they just a cheap hook to catch us every season? Uh, what do you guys think about the Kim's cliff ho- cliff holders? Uh, <laughs> cliffhangers so far. Uh, let's turn it back to Ruby. Um, I think they've been done really well in the sense that it makes you really want to see the next episode, especially for the season finales. It's been like, what? And I don't know if it's if it's always the writing. I, I feel like sometimes it is the production and the cuts. Yeah. It's kind of like, wait, what did I miss? What just happened? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> season four. Yeah, I was like, what? And even, was it season season two? Season one? Uh, the ending where it was Jung's party, graduation party? That was two. Yeah. Two, yeah. So that was the same thing. It's kind of like, oh, no. They were just about to be better, and now they're back to where they started. What the hell? Yeah, I like that, though. No, no, I completely love these cliffhangers. They're great, and it gets you... It's It gets you. It hooks you. It makes you want to wait for the next season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes all the fans crazy, and everyone's like, when is it coming? So, yeah, like, they, I think they do really well on those, and I don't feel like they use such common or stereotypical... Um, methods to capture you. Oh. Yeah, and I feel like for that reason, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, by comparison, kind of shot itself in the foot mm. with the increased, um, <laughs> the increased stakes they had to have at the end of all of their mm-hmm. seasons. No. And I think this was the first season they just ended their la- latest one where it didn't have that's right really a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably for the best because they they had to keep like upping the ante every single yeah. time. <laughs> kind of like the that, Halloween heist. Really yeah. Yeah, like the Halloween heist, exactly. Although I think, yeah, cliffhangers are hard because mm-hmm. sometimes they rely either on plot twists, which The Good Place did very well. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Um, sometimes they relied on, yeah, like just a shock. Uh, I feel like friends did that a lot. Yep. I feel like How I Met Your Mother did it very well in their first couple of seasons. Yes, mm. totally. Uh, and then it got. Yeah. You're stretching this out way too long. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like Kim's, I, I'm with Ruby, like some of the edits for the end of the episodes, they just kind of end. Yeah. And like, I kind of started seeing it as a stylistic choice where it's <laughs> sort of like a, a life moves on kind of ending, mm-hmm. right? Oh. Like, huh. um, you know, like th- things don't, things aren't necessarily Neat wrapped and tidy, up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, this Kim's is a, is a show where it's very obvious that not anybody, like people don't necessarily learn their lessons at the end of the episode. Nope. They just sort of... <laughs> get over their embarrassment and they maybe make a comment on the fact that something stupid just happened in their life <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it just ends and you're like okay just- <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what now the the cliffhanger at the end of season four was very interesting yeah. to me okay i thought it was very well acted yes I, yes like uh i really appreciated the fact that they didn't spell it out yes um because people don't talk like that if you already know a fact you're not going to be like saying it out loud again so what did they say about that cancer you had like (laughs) or like you know like yeah (laughs) all he had to say what we don't know what she has yeah but uh but you know like all he had to say was like aren't you going to tell her about the test Mm -hmm. and all she had to say was, well, the doctor said it, it might not affect me mm-hmm. like for four months. And we're just left to try and put the pieces together. For sure. And, and then it just ends. And I kind of liked how it wasn't like a big drop. It was something they mentioned. Well, apart from the big tearjerker moment where she's like, oh, we do, we'll do everything together, mm. right? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm kind of mixed about the the cliffhangers and Kim's. Hmm. Now, I, I look at, because I, I guess I have the background information, I look at seasons one and two as a set and seasons three and four as a set because that's how they were kind of bought. So I think what they tried to do is do the storytelling that way. So in actual fact, it's like two seasons of 26 episodes because seasons one, seasons one um, cliffhanger was kind of like, it was just sort of there. It's like, okay, you turn off the lights of the store, which actually I actually liked. But season three was sort of like, okay, did, did the season hook. really, yeah. it didn't really end for me. It was yeah. kind of like, okay, well, that's great. After yeah. season two, uh, when that ended, I was like, oh my God, there's so much going on. I'm going to start like nerding out about this and coming <laughs> up with every single possibility. It's going to be worse than those Star Wars fanboys. But anywho, uh, yeah, season four was probably the biggest hook so mm-hmm. far. Um, so in terms of uh, cliffhangers, Kim's has sort of been hit and miss for me. Mm. But yeah, I agree with Man Pans on, um, you know, uh, you don't want to be a Brooklyn Nine-Nine too. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you keep having to go bigger and better, there's only going to be a situation. There's eventually going to be a situation where it's like that's not possible. Yeah, not possible at all. Yeah. So, yeah. friend, friends was big for the cliffhangers too. Oh yes, the yeah. pregnancies, the relationships. Like, oh no, they got together. Oh no, they broke up. Oh no, somebody's having a baby. Yeah, up. barf. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think out of all those, the only thing that interests me is sometimes, you know, somebody might actually have to leave the show or be written out of the show. So those are be like, okay, that's that's sort of interesting. But, I don't know. The Monica yeah. Chandler relationship was nice, I thought. Uh, no, it's so, not so. real. For me. <laughs> I mean, like, I liked I... Chandler through seasons one and five. And then when I got together, Monica was sort of like, oh, okay, this is sort of fizzling for me. It's one of those that I actually didn't mind it. I actually kind of liked that there was at least one steady couple yeah. in there with like a solid relationship. Yeah. But at the same time, it was a balanced thing for me. I saw them being bickering more yes. mm. and and getting through each other's insecurities more than I did them being happy together. Mm. Um, so it was like it was just a balanced thing, right? Couples bicker, right? Yeah. You don't have to see them like lovey dovey, lovey all, the dovey yeah. all the time or like anything like that, but. It's just, is like, okay, but I would like a little bit more evidence that they're meant for each other. <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> so talking about longevity of shows, uh, do you guys think that Kim's can last for something like 10 seasons? Does it have that longevity kind of formula down? Man Pants? I don't know. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> I... I would love to see it succeed. I don't know. I think all comedies have this problem. Yes. I think most comedies can be wrapped up in three or four seasons mm-hmm. uh, at the most and any longer than that. And then it starts to get, you know, then we start to get to the dartboard moment. Cause the, the problem is, is that usually after three or four seasons, all of the characters have realized something about themselves and changed somehow <laughs> mm-hmm. or have gotten together. It's like the will they, won't they once the, once the, you know, the couple get together, where does it go? Right. And that's a problem the writers have. And Brooklyn nine, nine figured that out by thinking like, well, they just keep being a couple is what is what how it goes Mm -hmm. but the tradition has been to like kind of reinvent the characters along the way and that's why i liked um that's why i liked the good place because they set out with four (laughs) seasons in mind they wrote the four seasons and they stopped it you know there might have been um you know, changes along the way. Like they had a plan. They adapted the plan mm-hmm. as, as things happen because you realize some actors have better chemistry than others. Some characters <laughs> hit better with people than others. Mm-hmm. And, but the end point was still kind of the same. Right. And, uh, and so they, they did it. And so it had a beginning, a middle and an end, mm-hmm. um, had a full arc. It was planned. It was great. And when it was done, it was done. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, networks want to keep the shows going because people love them, but there's only so much you can do with the characters mm-hmm. before you have to recycle them and mm-hmm. and try to get them to do the same thing over again, but just in a different way uh, because you don't know what else to do with them because uh, they've they've changed. Once you change a character so fundamentally, like they've you know, if the jerk realizes that <laughs> he shouldn't be a jerk anymore, well, what do you do? Yeah. Now you've lost your jerk character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, do you bring in another one, or do you just make him a jerk again somehow and don't bother explaining it again? So longevity is hard in comedy. It's hard in a lot of shows, mm-hmm. and so I that's why I think shows like you know any shows here can pick up something from K dramas <laughs> in that. 
K-dramas plan one seat. Like their answer is to yeah. make one season yeah. of something, make it a complete arc, a beginning, a middle, end, resolve it, and then do it again, but with a different show and with different characters and different names, yeah. mm-hmm. possibly with time travel, <laughs> <laughs> some element of time travel. Yeah, but like I feel like you know the networks here are just too afraid to just start a new show. Right, they they want they have a good thing going with the old one, so why not just keep that going? Mm-hmm. And I I feel like we need to learn how to say, you know what? I think we've told all the stories we can. I think it's time to end it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I that's why I'm afraid for Brooklyn Nine Nine because I also find that I don't know if you guys find this that the longer a comedy goes on, yes. the more cartoonish yes. the characters get. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. They just they just start becoming the stereo that one little thing about them that, you know, made them quirky is now their entire character. Exactly. So you have Monica loves cleaning uh, <sighs> and is O C D about it. Yes. You have like in Brooklyn nine nine even it's like Charles loves weird food. Yep. Now that's just his whole thing. Yep. To the point where he's almost blind to everyone else around him uh, and their discomforts and stuff. But like yeah, like I just find that, or I think it was Gina who was starting to get to me. Like Gina's just, <laughs> I don't know, Gina. Yeah, there's no other way to describe her. That's but, why she's yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or either that, or you start cartoonishly, like uh, Jason in the Good Place, who's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you started out as her cartoon, and yep, that was probably a good call. Yep. I think I completely agree with you. The whole longevity changes the show Mm -hmm. um like what you initially loved and fell in love with for the show itself that whole essence disappears because in order for the show to continue they have to find new ways reinvent things Mm -hmm. they have to how do they bring back that that essence and it's impossible pretty much right it's like meeting a person for the first time you can't meet them again for the first time right and our networks, I think, keep continuing because they're making money. There's already an audience yeah. base mm-hmm. that has been built and are willing to fight for the show to continue, even though it's no longer the same thing. And mm-hmm. that's how you felt about season three, I think, or most of us have felt about season three. Yep. So it's kind of like, okay, as much as we love it and we want to see it or more of it, more of these characters, it. I would hate to see that we would dislike the show because it continued i would rather that we linger loving the show and that there's no more than to hate the show because they made more to satisfy that that rabbit fan base you know what i mean i agree um and yeah like i i think anything that set out in the beginning that has of like beginning middle and end planned in place Mm -hmm. is a much more cohesive story and for writers it's probably easier because you know where it's going you know where you need to bring it and even though there's twists and turns happening along the way you can build that you know when to stretch it and when to like speed it up in order to get your point across and in order to get the character developments to come across unlike technology development where you can reiterate and change things <laughs> you know that's now, that's a different method yeah. altogether um that being said uh <laughs> you do have to be careful if you make an end point because shows like and i'm going out shows like how i met yes. your mother oh. really shot themselves in the foot by having a definitive end point yeah. that they didn't realize over the course of seven seasons how these characters were going to interact with each other and then when they showed the final thing it just did not make sense to the characters <laughs> that 
had grown at that point. Yeah. So it was like, oh, what? What? <laughs> and, that's, and then everyone was pissed off. Is it just um, planning at that point that didn't work out right? I think. Like, yeah, yeah they, they, they filmed the last scene. That was one of the first scenes they filmed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the, they didn't plan the whole story properly. Yeah. Like, they, they had this just the final thing first. It's like escape rooms. They built the room with all the technology, and then now they're trying to stick a puzzle into it. <laughs> well, it's like, I think uh, George R. R. Martin also made a, a comment about, or, and and the writers of Lost also, um, you know, they, they learned a lot of lessons, because they also, they kind of had an end point as well, mm-hmm. and then they realized along the way, it's like, guess what? <laughs> that might change. Or like, you know, your end point might not change, but how you get there is going to change, mm-hmm. and there's going to be points where you might have to fundamentally think about your ending again, yeah. because you didn't anticipate that these characters were going to be so popular, mm-hmm. whereas these characters weren't. Or maybe somebody left the show, or like, yeah. so you just have to give yourself room mm-hmm. to adjust sure. as necessary. And how I met your mother did not do that. No. <laughs> and I mean, seven seasons is a long time, yeah, right? Yeah, to stretch out one It's a plot. very long run versus like the good place. Four seasons. Yeah. Nice. That's four seasons. not long Tied at all. Up. Yeah. Four like 10 episode seasons, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, yeah, it was shorter seasons. They weren't like long seasons. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it. I, I mean, I agree with all your points. I think, I think Kim's kind of has its defined endpoint. If you read the play, I'm not really going to ruin it, but at some point, the, are there hugs? Yeah, there there should, should be, be hugs. hugs. Yeah, but <laughs> the thing is that they also change the story a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're starting from a different point. We're starting from a different point. It's almost like an alternate universe at this point because. <laughs> There's, <laughs> this could have happened. Because, <laughs> yeah, in Kim's, uh, by the time he sees Jung again, it's already been like, I don't know, 15 years since he's seen his yeah, son. Yeah, like Jung's in his like 30s. 30s who has a kid and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Sorry, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm curious. I, I should read the play. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the gist is Jung comes, sort of comes back in the picture after being away for a while and uh, he meets with Oma, and Oma tells him that you know the store is being sold by this uh, this real like estate big, developer yeah. guy who wants to buy out the store to knock it down, build some condos. And Appa kind of has this decision: Oh, what am I going to do? He's kind of like trying to push it off on Janet, but Janet wants to do her own thing. And Janet's jo- an adult at this point; she's out of school, she has her own career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And. They're all adults. <laughs> I won't ruin the end, but the end uh, has Up and Jung meeting together for the first time in like 15, maybe not 20 years, but yeah, somewhere around Could that be point. 20. If he got kicked out at 15, 20 yeah. years later, he's 35. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. So possible. I, I think there must be some sort of end point in mind. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that they get there sooner than later, as you guys are saying. You know, you don't want to stretch out something so bad that, uh, you know, they're not the heroes anymore. They're the villains. I'm just yeah. sort of paraphrasing Dark Knight there. <laughs> they're their own worst yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yeah, my truth bomb is I, I hope that Kim's is actually a stepping stone for other stories like this to come out. Because mm-hmm. as much as Kim's is relevant to, like, Ruby and I and our lives and all the Asian people who are like, this is such a great story yeah. that they're telling... I do hope that they kind of finish it soon, um, mm-hmm. especially with all the uncertainty with Simu and his superhero <laughs> role. 
yeah, seriously. You don't want Jung out of the picture for too long. You don't want him to be a cameo kind yeah. of appearance. Like jumping back in only yeah. like once a season would, yeah. would it's no longer the Kim's family. Yeah. So. I say time skip it now and then <laughs> and then Well, the writers have a lot of time to think over this whole COVID thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're probably rewriting some stuff as we speak, but uh yeah, uh, I hope that they do do something about it and kind of finish it up. Even if they finish it up in six seasons, I think I would be okay with that. Yeah. Because then they've told the story that they need to tell. Mm-hmm. And then we can forget yeah. about season three. Because you don't want to be in the opposite situation where a show gets canceled yes. and then is left on an uncertain note. Yes, right? that will be so annoying. Like, Or like if you don't have time to, to plan for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, mm-hmm. like, like, oh, what's it called? kept calling it perfect pie that's a judah thompson play <laughs> i didn't like um <laughs> show. Uh, pushing daisies that's what i wanted to say like the show pushing oh. daisies that got canceled and they basically had to wrap everything up in one episode oh. or like no, and, that's never uh, fun. and they did it and it, it, it's the style works in such a way that it kind of worked <laughs> but you're still like oh there's so so much it was left. rushed <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little bit rushed <laughs> Yeah, I hope they uh, take their time to plan it out, especially if they end it at six, that they actually do some sort of cliffhanger through five that kind of leads into six stretching without yeah. that ending. And we well. definitely need the time skip in order to, if if they are looking to do what they wanted to do with the play, there'll be a time skip. Yeah. yeah. But then I wonder if six seasons in a movie? <laughs> you know, like a community. Movie. Yeah, community was yeah. a whole thing with their ending and... Uh, are are they coming out with a movie they're supposed to do that aren't they i don't know i like the community was one where if whenever i rewatch it and i do rewatch that one often too i usually ended about season three yeah 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 and then then i'm like because it actually looks like a a pretty natural end Mm -hmm. point there um and so i was like i'm good with that (laughs) uh i don't need to see any of the other stuff that happened (laughs) right yeah, that's how I felt about Scrubs, too. I think, I don't remember how many seasons it ran, but that second last season, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm not going to watch this last one. I don't know what the hell that was. It's just a different show, which it basically Oh, was. what? Yeah, when they, like, went to, like, another perspective because yeah. Zach Braff wasn't going to be exact, in it anymore. Yeah, so they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't really watch that either. <laughs> yeah, some things are just better not watched. And, yeah, I, I think... I would hope that Inns Choi would probably just be like, you know what? I'm good. Creative side's good. I don't think I need to make any more money. Let me just move on to other projects. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, even if they have spinoff series or, like, things that come out of the show, like you mentioned, it he could still be the writer for things like that, right? He has that knowledge. And that's why I think in in every season they do try to recruit writers and mm-hmm. to bring in yeah. a different perspective. And when I, I remember sending the posting to one of my friends who's, who, or one of my bosses whose wife is a famous writer for shows I've never heard of, but apparently they're really big in the States. Um, the, she said that when she reviewed it, they were looking for people with like an ethnic background. They're mm-hmm. not looking for like a Caucasian writer because they want that yeah. authenticity to be written in. So yeah. it's very possible. I agree. <laughs> yeah, who knows yeah. uh maybe they'll cover the metas or as we've been saying in other episodes of the podcast i mean handy could basically be a show on its own but they're jerks <laughs> <laughs> <Metas> are jerks. <laughs> 
I don't just I don't want to watch snobby jerks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like Sterling Archer. Oh, oh like, I remember that show actually. <laughs> uh, okay, so final thoughts on everything about Kim's. I think we ended off with Manda Ruby, anything? I think Kim's has had a really good run so far and I'm glad that we still get seasons five and six. And to be honest, with the with the way that the writers has taken the current issues that, you know, we deal with in the real world and how they try to bring that to light and touch on it and walk on those fine lines, this is a show that I can go back and watch maybe with our kids ten years from now. Mm-hmm. And some of these issues might be resolved, some of them might not, mm-hmm. and it would still be relevant because they get to see how these things were touched upon. Whereas when we watched Friends again, I was just like, oh, dear Lord, that would be so offensive in today's world. <laughs> like, that would not fly. <laughs> and same with a lot of the other sitcoms. I, I don't think I can go back and watch it five, ten years later, and it still carries that relevancy and that that trueness right. and and not... And be funny for the right reasons, I think. Right. So I think for Kim's, even if they ended at the sixth season, or maybe if they'd get a seventh to finish things off, it would be a good story to rewatch later on. Okay. Amanda? I, yeah, despite, so despite my nitpicking, (laughs) I nitpick because I love, and I do really like Kim's convenience, and I agree with Ruby that... Unlike other, you know, unlike other sitcoms that I've seen in the past, I think this one will be good with time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's the occasional pop cultural reference in there that like isn't going to be that relevant later. Like I'm sure Netflix and chill isn't even going to be a thing (laughs) um, (laughs) 10 years from now. And but at the same time, the core of it, the family uh, is so relatable. Um, like I find things to relate to as a person with non-immigrant parents mm-hmm. and, you know, and the heart is, is there that like the core of it is so strong that I can see it lasting. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, yeah, like shows like friends shows like how I met your yeah. mother. Mm-hmm. Gosh, the way that they talk about women and, and <laughs> Uh, being fat and stuff and like i'm like i can't i don't oh yeah yeah. i I, you know it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth and kim's doesn't go for those jokes Mm -hmm. and that's only gonna work in its favor Mm -hmm. down the line and so i'm really actually looking forward to like yeah this would be a good show to go back and watch again if ever i have kids or something you know i I would feel totally comfortable watching this again Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, pretty much you guys have covered all the points that I was going to say. I think just at the end of it, I'm hopeful for mm-hmm. seasons five and six, especially not to be a season three. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I leave it up to the writers. I mean, these guys seem to know what they're doing. It, mm-hmm. I mean, the show is watched by people around the world yep. and loved by people around the world. So um I, I hope that they find the the successful formula on closing this and it doesn't become a How I Met Your Mother or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. I mean, 
it's still running. Yep. Uh, there's still a lot of potential for where it could be. So let's hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thanks for joining us, Man Pans. Yay! Thanks for having me again and letting me complain about things. <laughs> <laughs> Not complain. You give good evidence on things. Uh, now, remember, you can follow Amanda at Amanda Whitney on Twitter or uh, AmandaWhitney.com. And also, you can catch all of us at RoomEscapeDivas.com for yeah. our podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> for a different type of podcast. Yeah, that's... Uh, if you're in escape rooms and puzzles and listening to a guy overpower all three of us at the same time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would that would be the podcast to go to, yeah. <laughs> so if you have any comments, questions, or stories to share, tweet me at MikeYuan82. And now a message from our sponsors. Tired of the same old cereal? Had enough Doreos? That's what she said. Loops and how you do in charms again and again. Challenge accepted. Try OKCU, a cereal with all the bazinga and none of the extra sugar. It's so nice. It's toit. Until the next time. OKCU. Okay,